back to Faith FM. You are listening to The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon. And we have another clue for our quiz. It's a who am I quiz. We've had some guesses come in. Someone guessed Ananias and the answer (coughs) is wrong. But very close. Very close person who guessed that. Good on you. You're almost there. The fourth clue says this. Who am I? Peter asked me. Is this the price you, Dash, got for the land? (laughs) Someone came so close. Someone came (laughs) so close. You didn't listen to the clue that I gave earlier when I said this person was named after a stone. Mm, Yeah, that's a good one. And to be honest, Lyle, I wouldn't mind owning one of these stones in a ring. Mm Mm-hmm. For my next to pinky finger. (laughs) 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 Oh dear, the single life. (laughs) Speaking of the single life, Lyle, I had the most embarrassing thing happen to me at our last waffle breakfast. So for those of you who don't know about our famous waffle breakfast, every Saturday morning, every Sabbath morning before church, I host, my my housemates and I host, I guess, a bit of a waffle ministry. Mm -hmm. We open up our house. It's a really, really good ministry. It's just doing amazing things. Praise the Lord. In the local church community and just... Yeah, yeah. Praise God. We we basically just stick on waffles. I have three waffle irons and we just churn out waffles. And anyone who wants to come is welcome to come. In fact, if you live in Newcastle and you want some waffles for breakfast on Saturday morning, every Saturday morning. Yeah, like, my mind is be careful right now. Just give us a call and I'll give you the details. And book it in. And book it in. (laughs) I'm not going to give you my address on air. (laughs) And book it in because if like 3,000 people... (laughs) <laughs> that would be amazing. Call, call up that would be amazing. Tomorrow. We'll just have Waffle Church. That's what we'd have. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so we we have this uh, every Sabbath morning, and um, and this week just gone. One of the guys there because there's a there's a bunch of like twenty something year old guys who turn up, and you know, of course, bachelors they love a good feed, and uh, and they're so impressed with my waffle cooking that. There's this, there's this been this admiration building. I want to say I don't want to I don't want to sound up myself, but one of them. No, no, this is yeah. this is your area of expertise. Yeah, yeah, and I'm a, I'm a little bit too old for the twenty something year olds, but they're a little bit gobsmacked as to why I'm still single when I can cook waffles so good. <laughs> and one <laughs> of them is, stood up and made question. this announcement, Lyle. He was like. Mon, you know how the church's mission is that we need to like reach people for Jesus and win them to the kingdom and get them into heaven. I think the church should have a second mission, and that is to find you a husband. <laughs> <laughs> I just about died. I died. Okay, so you're just putting it out on air to, on, on air today, are you, Mon? What that? Uh, <laughs> you're, you're single. You're just just doing no, a little because bit of, I want a bit of self promotion. One eight hundred Faith FM is the number to call if you want to marry me. No, 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 that's not what I'm doing. I'm just talking about uh, the, the stone that I want. <laughs> look, right. look, I'm not a big. Okay, wearer so if you go to Acts chapter five and verse one, you'll get a hint as to what stone exactly Mon is just expecting for exactly. her engagement. Please. Yes, thank you. I'm just trying to inspire people to open their Bibles and read about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then go shopping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, okay. Uh, you're digging yourself a deep hole. I know, I know. I just, let's just, 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 instead of looking for a segue, let's just stop and restart the <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if you know the answer to the quiz, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. And if you want to donate any precious stones, you can also donate them to uh, Faith FM. <laughs> we won't stick one on our fingers. We will sell them and use them to buy more transmitters. There you go.
Hey, hey. Absolutely. We're, we're up in the Book of Acts. We're, we're like in to, um, chapter 9 or 10. Where are we up to Acts, now? Acts chapter 10. Okay, we, we've left Paul behind for a little bit. Paul's going to... Back to the story of Peter, who yeah. was not single. Now who, we're reading about Cornelius, who oh, was single. Great. Here we go. <laughs> no, he wasn't Who single. was and wasn't single in the Bible? <laughs> Paul was single though, right? No. No, Paul wasn't single? I thought he was well, single. He did. he lived a single life. Um, there is tradition that at one stage he may have been married, but there's very little or no detail about it. He lived okay. a single life. Yeah. Okay. No, no question about that. I have heard He that actually recommended the single life. Yeah. Uh, and for somebody like Paul who is called to that kind of itinerant ministry, uh, it, you can understand why. While he recommended the single life, he made very, very strong recommendations in relationship to the married life. He said, it's better to marry than to burn. Very yeah. famous statement right yeah. there. Yeah. And one that um, I wholeheartedly subscribe to. I um I have heard theories that Paul was married and that his wife left him when he became a Christian and started up this this Christian ministry. That's the theory. And, and, that and, I've and that's heard. very that's very um, that's very likely. Mm-hmm. Um, if he was married, it would be very very hard to be married to somebody who made a change that was that dramatic. Uh huh. That would be challenging, challenging to a relationship, and then to match that change with a, um, <clears throat> you know, going from uh, wealth to poverty, mm-hmm. uh, from status to persecution. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of women out there who would really struggle with that. Yeah, a lot of couples these days would struggle with that. And from a settled life in Jerusalem <laughs> to an itinerant ministry where um, you saw him, you know, every second year. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, yeah, but I think the indications are that according to tradition, the, the marriage broke up. And, and of course, we don't have this in the Bible, so we're, yeah. just, we're, we're dealing with tradition here. Yeah, yeah. Um, it broke up um, long before he started his missionary work. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, people don't seem to believe that Paul himself would ever leave his wife, so they're sort of assuming that she would have left him had there been a marriage breakup. So, Well, he counsels very, very strongly that couples should not break up just because one of the partners is not a Christian. Yeah, yeah, that's that right. they should you know, uh, win that other partner by love mm-hmm. and by being mm-hmm. a, uh, a good spouse. Yeah, absolutely. So it would be very – Paul would find it very, very hard to write that if he had lived the opposite because, you know, everybody would turn around and say, oh, wait, 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 what about you? You know, you, yeah. you're writing this and, and we all know about you. So it's, it's I think we would have heard cool. about it. Yeah, that's we, right. We would have heard about it, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Indeed. Anyway. <coughs> but Acts we have, yeah, we have left Paul behind, and we're now just hanging out with Peter for a bit. So yeah. Paul's going to be gone for three years. Three, <laughs> not three in years Arabia. Here in Arabia, yeah. <laughs> He'll be back. He'll be back here on Faith FM in a chapter or two. Yeah, <laughs> not in three years. <coughs> no stress. First three verses of Acts chapter ten. I love this story. Okay, Acts chapter ten. In fact, for some reason, I was in Acts chapter twenty. We might okay. spin this story out over a couple of days if we have too much to deal with. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Okay, let's stop right there for a moment. Here you've got a devout person. Mm -hmm. He is convicted of his need of worshipping and serving God. He has made a decision to do so. He is in the process of doing so. And yet he has not been circumcised. He is still a Gentile. Do you think God accepts him? Oh, you're going to have to finish the story. Okay. Right on. But I tend to think that if God in heaven hears the prayer of Cornelius 
I would say he accepts him. Yeah. I think that's pretty clear mm-hmm. indication that he accepts him. And so God decides to do something for Cornelius that he has probably not done for you or for me mm-hmm. or most of you as uh, a listener today. Yeah, most of humanity. He commissions an angel. So he's up in, God is up in heaven. Here's his prayer. Commissions an angel. He's like, okay, angel, come over here. Um, commissions this angel. He's like, I want you to fly down to earth with a message for Cornelius. So the angel leaves the courts of heaven. He flies all the way down to this earth and he appears in front of Cornelius. Now, that would be pretty exciting. That would catch your attention. At that particular time, Mon, if this was your experience and you had been praying for light, for knowledge, for truth, for understanding of you know God's way, what would you be thinking when that angel turned up? Oh, I'd be just blown away. I'd be absolutely delighted. I'd be delighted. I'd be so happy. It'd be the happiest day of my life. Why would you be happy? Because to me, it's an ex- a, a, a moment of acceptance from God. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What would you expect the angel to tell you? Oh, actually, do you know what? Maybe I'd be a little bit nervous. <laughs> he was about to like tell me off or something. The angel of death, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cornelius got a bit nervous, didn't he? Yeah, we're going yeah, to read that. Yeah. Well, we actually read that a moment in, in the end of verse three. Um, oh no, we no, haven't verse, read verse, it. Yet. Verse four. Verse four. Read for us. Verse four. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. Yeah, actually, that's probably me. Yeah. <laughs> there this moment of wow and this moment of, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> you, know, you are in the presence of a sinless being. Mm. And I tend to think that you might feel like a bit of a sinner at that particular yeah. point. Yeah, you would. You think mm. it would highlight everything wrong you've ever done. Yeah. Okay, but okay, let's come back to that. You're praying for light, for knowledge, for truth, for understanding. You want to know the gospel message. Mm-hmm. And an angel turns up. What is it that you're going to expect that the angel is going to share with you? You know, in this situation, he's just standing right there and he's ready to speak. What's he going to talk about? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So he's going to tell you the gospel, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's 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 what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think. I don't know. I reckon a bunch of us probably would have a bit of a brain fuzz moment and, yeah, just be in yeah. shock. Okay. Yeah. I reckon there'd be a few different emotions that would uh, go through. First of all, like super excitement. Yeah. Then, yeah, brain melts. Yeah. Followed by... Terror. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I guess if you're... If you have been praying yeah, for exactly. understanding of the gospel... You kind of almost he's gonna, expect he's gonna that's expect what's the, happening. Yeah. He's going to expect you to tell the, to share the Just gospel. Just in a sequential, you know, common sensey kind of a way, you'd think, okay, that's what I was praying for. Hopefully, this is what this guy is here about. Okay, so mm-hmm. the question is, does the angel tell him the gospel message? Oh, but, but before we get there, before we read that bit, who do you think would do a better job of sharing the? Who would who would share the gospel more eloquently? An angel who is a sinless being, or one of the disciples? To be, to be honest, I would have thought it would be one of the disciples because they're the ones who benefit from the gospel. I, I said eloquently. Though. Oh, eloquently. or oh, definitely an angel. Yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah, an angel. I don't, yeah. you, I don't think any of us could compete with an angel at um, oh, Toastmasters. Oh, at anything. At any, at Toastmasters. Yeah, angel Toastmasters. <laughs> yeah, you turn, you turn up there and it's like, yeah, okay, I'm up against an angel this week. It's like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <coughs> Okay, so I think an angel would do a very, very good job of presenting the gospel. I think it would be a, a sensational gospel presentation. And the angel has flown all the way from heaven to this earth. He's already there. He's standing in front of Cornelius. 
Let's see what he says. Keep reading. And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon a tanner who lives near the seashore. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so so Cornelius is in Caesarea. That's not far from Joppa or Jaffa. I've um, recently went to Caesarea. It's okay. pretty, pretty cool. There's some cool ruins there. Oh. Yeah, the sea is starting to take some of them over, but um, Herod liked Herod had a, uh, a, 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 a seaside palace. It would have been spectacular. Wow. It's You're not like there anymore. Right on the ocean. Ah, uh, well, you know, the, a lot of the foundations are still there, mm-hmm. and uh, some of it's kind of underwater now. The, mm-hmm. the um, coast is sort it's of eroded <laughs> away a little bit. But... Um, yeah, fantastic place, beautiful place. Um, <clears throat> so this is, you know, he's in Caesarea and, he send, and, and the angel says, okay, send someone to Joppa mm-hmm. and get Peter. Gives him a job to do. So the angel doesn't actually do very much, does he? Angel yeah, comes no. all the way from heaven, uh-huh. turns up and says, send someone over to Joppa to get Peter. Yeah. And then disappears. That's all the angel has done. He hasn't done anything else. I would be absolutely inspired to do what he said straight away. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no question about that. Why do you think the angel didn't share the gospel message? He was already there. He'd already come from heaven. He can do it. It's not difficult for him. Why do you think he didn't? Is it back to what I said earlier about the fact that angels don't really necessarily benefit from the gospel in terms of, you know, their salvation or anything. Could the angel share a testimony of the power of the yeah, gospel no. changing his life? No. What's that song? Could Peter share a testimony of the power of the gospel changing his life? Oh, absolutely. And that's, I think, I mean, it's weird to think that we have something that angels don't have. But there is that song. What's that hymn, you know, when angels fold their wings? Yeah, yeah, that's when a great I sing hymn. The salvation when I song. sing Salvation Story, angels fold their wings for angels. Never that felt the joy that my salvation, salvation brings. brings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and it buckles the mind. The angels will just, you know, fold their wings and, and silently listen to us as we well, share. It's just a song. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, can't, they, they can never, ever share mm-hmm. the gospel story in the way that we can. Certainly they would be more eloquent. Yeah. You know, I'd love to hear the sermon presented by an angel. That would just be amazing. Uh-huh. But they can't, up, they can't do, to stand up and say, well, you know, I'm Peter and I denied Jesus with curses and foul language to his face Mm -hmm. and I received forgiveness Mm -hmm. and cleansing through his grace and today I'm a new person as a result of it. No angel can say that, Mm. ever. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us can share that experience. And a testimony is one of the powerful things we have. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, more powerful than any strength. Yeah, And so the angel doesn't share the gospel. Nope. The angel sends, says, go get Peter. Now, if the angels had taken over the job of sharing the gospel, how long would it take to take the gospel to the world? Like a second? Yeah, like yesterday. Be done. Be yeah, over with. Yeah, finished, yeah exactly. Done. Yesterday. <laughs> when Jesus gave the Great Commission, mm. who did he give that Great Commission to? You know, this is the Great Commission of uh, Matthew chapter 28. 28. You know, yep. all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. He and gave that commission there. to a bunch By teaching of them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. He gave that commission to a bunch of seriously flawed humans. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He, the, he never ever gave that commission to angels, did he? No, 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 not at all. Okay, so you've got this whole situation here. God has given the work of sharing the gospel to 
flawed human beings, mm-hmm. not to angels. Mm-hmm. God could have accomplished it through angels, but there is a power in a flawed human being sharing the power of God's grace mm-hmm. that an angel can never have. Yeah, And there's an effect there that an angel can never have. And God wanted people to see, you know, this is exhibit A, this is exhibit B, this is exhibit C of the power of my grace to change a person's life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's why, that's why God proclaims himself, you know, I, I'm, I'm the God of, you know, King David, your father. Yeah. You ever read the story of King David? Yeah, yeah. He's all kinds of crazy stuff going on with him. Yeah. He did some terrible, terrible things. Yeah, plotted, murdered, adultery, the list is as long as you're on. <laughs> And yet he was called a man after God's own heart. How is that possible? It buckles the mind, doesn't it? It's because he experienced God's grace and he was willing to humble himself and surrender himself and surrender his life to God and to receive God's forgiveness and God's grace. And so, you know, when God comes along and says, you know, and, and God brags about it, mm-hmm. you know, God, God name drops. Do you have a name drop? Do you have a name drop? Uh, Do you know any famous people you can name drop? Zero. <laughs> you don't know any famous people? I don't know anyone famous. I know you, Lyle. <sighs> Yay! Okay, so you can name drop. I work with Lyle Southwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah, okay, yeah. There you go. Use that one. <laughs> um, and uh, I'll, I'll use the other one. Yeah, I work with Mon. Yeah, yeah. and they're going to be like, who? <laughs> <laughs> I work with who? <laughs> no. Um, but uh, God name drops here. And God says, I'm the, I'm the God of King David, your father, because he's, he's holding up King David as exhibit A of the power of his grace to be able to change a person's life. Mm-hmm. And we have exactly the same thing here. He says, go and get Peter. And it's not like God is proud of Peter. You know, you go and get this guy, this, this, this fisherman, this you know, bogan fisherman that's over in Joppa living with, a, um, with this tradie you know, called Simon. Mm-hmm. Uh, go get this guy. He's going to share with you the gospel message. Mm-hmm. There's a powerful lesson there for every single one of us. Let's go back to Acts chapter 9 and let's continue the story because Peter has never, ever preached to a Gentile before up until this point. This is new ground they're breaking. This is going to be new ground. And, of course, for Peter, just to go into the house of a Gentile, you know, under the Jewish system, not the biblical Jewish system, but under the Jewish system, that required then a whole complex cleansing process to cleanse him of the the moral corruption that may have wafted onto his skin somehow while, or breathed into his lungs while he was in the presence of a Gentile. It's so decrepit. And to eat with a Gentile, I mean, that's getting even worse. Yeah. You know, and of course, Jesus ministered to both Gentiles and Samaritans on occasions. And you have Philip who's already gone down to Samaria and preached to the Samaritans. Mm-hmm. But they could kind of halfway have a little bit of justification for that because Samaritans carried Jewish DNA. Okay. How'd they do that? Well, when when uh, when the Jews were taken captive to Babylon, mm-hmm. the land was handed over to the to the poorest of the poorest of the poorest of the you know local population to look after it. Mm-hmm. They were a mixed population. They were a mixture of Philistines, Phoenicians, Jews, and so forth, and they were called Samaritans. Mm-hmm. So they were not pure Jews. Mm-hmm. They were a mixed bunch. Okay, okay. they were yeah. all mixed. In together, mm-hmm. so they're not pure Jews, and so, but because because they carry some Jewish DNA and they've got some, you know, they they they, they worship Yahweh. You can understand how Philip's like, yeah, you can preach to these guys, and they receive the Holy Spirit. It's like, oh wow, the Samaritans get the Holy Spirit. That's great. Um, but uh, here is a very different situation. This guy's Italian. 
Oh. He's like, there's no relationship whatsoever at all. Yeah. Not even the remotest connection to anything <laughs> Jewish in any way, shape or form. So we have a very different situation where Peter is now challenged to go and, or about to be challenged to go and pre- go into the home, first of all, of a Gentile, to eat food with that Gentile and then preach with that Gentile. I wonder if he balks at this, but not he is like, oh, I don't want to do it, Jesus. I wonder if he does. Well, watch what God does. We're going to be back in just a moment. This is Holy Star with Psalms 23. was Holy Star with Psalms 23 here on Faith FM and we are in our encounter with God. Peter is in a challenging situation or about to be in a challenging mm. situation and God prepares him for it before it happens. So Mon, why don't you continue to read us the story here 
starting in verse... Well, we just keep reading. Yeah. As Seven. soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what happened and sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as Cornelius's messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared. I have never eaten anything that our Jewish lords have declared impure and unclean. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Uh-huh. This is interesting translation you have. Mm-hmm. Um, because those laws were not Jewish, um, not in any way, shape or form. If they were Jewish, then Jesus would have given very, very clear instruction. And, and of course, in the, uh, in the King James translation, which is a more word-for-word translation, the Bible says in verse 14, But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Mm. Nothing there about Jewish laws. And this is uh, one of the traps that you can fall into if you are reading some of the more... Um, paraphrase style translations. Yeah. yeah. You know, people just add their own ideas in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <coughs> it's more like a little novel reading rather than Bible study reading, but devotional. Yeah. Rather than yeah, probably devotional more than novel. Okay, so let's um uh consider this for a moment. We are a number of years now, um three and a half, maybe four years, maybe more, after the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm-hmm. There are those who would argue that the health laws that were given to Noah, by the way, what uh, nationality was Noah? I have no idea. Really? Noise? No. <laughs> no, no. Oh, he was antediluvian. He was antediluvian. Yeah, That's okay, right. Sorry. He antediluvian before the flood. Which was before there were any different races in the world. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't, the races were created by. I didn't realize the confusion that Andrew of was a race. I thought it was a period of time. It's both. Okay. Oh, there you go. I didn't know yeah. that. I thought it'd be like saying that you're Elizabethan or something. Because you have yeah, it is yeah. like that. Oh, okay. All right. <coughs> because like, there was but, no yeah. race. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah, because there's no race, you just you're just an era. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So he was, and Noah was antediluvian, and that means he was all races mixed into one. So all of the races that are in the world were in Noah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a very difficult thing to do genetically. Uh, genetic science has shown that you know you can have all races within one person. You know, all dogs came from you know two mm-hmm. original wolf-like dogs. We all know that mm-hmm. uh, from the study of genetics, and you get chihuahuas from that. So you can get tremendous variety uh, just out of you know one 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 breeding pair. Isn't it funny to think that Noah was someone who couldn't be racist because he? Didn't have a race. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and we always paint him as white European. Yeah, isn't that funny? Like, There's no way he seriously? would Seriously? No. There's no way somebody who was, you know, who had all races in him that exist today was white European. Yeah, yeah. He was the colour, I would say, of mud. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a mixture of all of the above. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway, whatever. Um, <clears throat> the reality is he could have been any race whatsoever at all or any, you know, mixture. Mm-hmm. Um, but where were we? Okay, so these were given to Noah. These were not given to the Jews, so you can't call them a Jewish law. Noah was not Jewish. Noah lived hundreds of years before the Jews existed. Mm-hmm. And, 
of course, if there had been a Jewish law, then Jesus would have done away with it during his lifetime. He would have given very clear instruction as he did in relationship to the laws of the sacrifices. You know, these have come to an end. You know, he would have had something like the veil of the temple being torn in two to demonstrate this is over, it has come to an end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You don't find that instruction anywhere in the Bible. Jesus never did away with that. And of course, you have this situation here where there's no way Peter would have been observing these laws if Jesus had given clear instruction to do away with them. And he's like, you know, this is three and a half, four, five, maybe years after the death of Jesus. Peter sees these animals coming down in in a sheet and he's like, I have never eaten anything like this before because it is unclean. It is not appropriate for food. Mm-hmm. So he's very. The Bible is very, very clear that the health laws were never, ever done away with. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the voice says, you know, eat this. Uh, when the voice says that, is this a voice from God telling us that we can eat anything we feel like? Do you know, and Lyle, it does. Was this the was this the point at which the it's, health laws were done away with? It, I mean, it very much sounds like it does. Did, did did God only want people to be healthy up until this point? No, I think God would want or to did, stay or, forever. Or, or did God only want people to, uh, only Jews to stay? So Jews need to keep these laws, but um, everybody else can be unhealthy. No, that doesn't sound like God's character at all. Yeah, yeah no, no, not at all. Okay, and so God clarifies a little bit further on in this passage exactly what he's talking about. And so you have two options here, Mon. Mm-hmm. You can make up your own interpretation of the passage. Mm-hmm. Or you can go with what, how God says the passage is to be interpreted. Keep reading, basically. Yes. Which one of those two options do you want? I'd rather keep reading than rely on You'd rather on keep reading and you would like to read what God says the interpretation of the vision is all about. Yes. Okay, so <clears throat> uh, Peter says, Not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Read us a couple more, uh, verse 15 and 16. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The vision, the same vision was repeated three times and then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. And next verse, next verse. Peter was very perplexed. Okay, what? why? Cause he, I, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be clear at this particular point, you've had a vision, you've had a voice from heaven that has told you, kill and eat. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you be very clear to you, okay, God has done away with the health laws. We don't need to be healthy anymore. Yeah, I guess it flies in the face of what he knows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of, of God, of God's instructions. So in other words, the message to Peter was not yet clear. Yeah, that's right. That's but right. it's about to become clear mm-hmm. in verse 17. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked for a man named Simon Peter was there. Why, meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. Okay, why would why would Peter worry about going with these guys? Because they're not Jews, they're because Gentiles. Because they're Gentiles. Okay, now read for me verse 28. 28 says, Peter told them, You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile house like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Okay, God has shown me that Mm -hmm. I should not think of any pig as unclean. Is that what it says? No, it just says person. Oh, a person. A person. (laughs) All right, a person. And we need to be very, very clear about this because the Bible is very, very clear about this. The Bible says that this vision is not about pigs. Yeah. Or Mm -hmm. any other kind of food. This has nothing to do with food. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, you know, the Holy Spirit comes to him and says, go with these Gentiles without doubting. Mm 
Mm-hmm. As soon as you've seen, he sees the vision. Peter's like, what? And the Holy Spirit says, there's three guys downstairs. Go with them. They're Gentiles. Don't doubt. Mm-hmm. Peter goes with them. He goes to Cornelius' house. He stands up in Cornelius' house and he says, God has shown me that we should not call any man or any human unclean. Mm-hmm. So God tells us very, very clearly and Peter tells us very, very clearly that this vision is about Cute. people, not about food. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You go further in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 15, and you find that the health laws uh, were maintained by the First Jerusalem Church Council. And we as humans you find love that, to you know, use Paul, it as an excuse. Paul upholds the health laws in uh, Timothy. There's a bunch of places. Where we just use find. it as an excuse for gluttony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People just want to, you know, we just want to eat what we want. <coughs> well, stay tuned. We have our question of the day coming up next. If you have a question, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and we'll be asking Lyle live on air a couple of hard ones. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure That He should give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure How great the pain of searing love the Father turns His face away As wounds which mar the Chosen One Bring many sons to Why should I gain from 
Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au.
Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM's breakfast show. That was Andrew Swenson with <coughs> Promised Land. I'm going to give you one final clue for this quiz and then we're going to move on to our question of the day. So that quiz, who am I? The last clue being my husband's name is Ananias. <laughs> Ananias. And Somebody who? already guessed Ananias. They got the husband's name. Just yeah, I didn't get now the get, wifey. Now find the wife. Give us a call if you know the answer. 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. We will send you the prize if you can get it right. Lyle. Yes. It is time for our question of the day. It is. Question being, why is there a time gap between the close of probation and the second coming? Okay. And this question comes to, to us from Ellie and Rochelle. So big shout out to those guys this morning as they are listening in. If you go to Revelation chapter 15, you will, we will give a little bit of background. The term close of probation is not found in the Bible. It's a term that describes an, a period in which the opportunity for salvation comes to an end just prior to the return of Christ. And you find it in Revelation chapter 15 and then, of course, 16, you've got the seven last plagues. But in the end of chapter 15 and verse 8, the Bible says the temple was filled with smoke. Now, this is the temple in heaven. This is God's sanctuary in heaven where Jesus intercedes for us. This is where the throne of grace is. We're told to come boldly to the throne of grace so that we can find help in time of need. The Bible says the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And by the way, it's a big Bible study, but that smoke is a symbol of God's protecting power for his people. So the temple is filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man or no human was able to enter into the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. And so if you can't go into the temple, if you can't go to the throne of grace, that means that grace has come to an end. God has made the decision. You know, these people are saved. These people are lost. I'm on my way back. I'm coming back to earth. You know, salvation is over. The question is, why does that happen before Jesus actually arrives here on this earth? Why does it happen before the plagues? Well, the answer is very simple. It happens. There is a gap between these two periods, between the close of probation and the return of Jesus so that you have time for the seven last plagues to take place. There's your answer. Oh, okay. But the real question is, why are there seven last plagues? What purpose do the seven last plagues serve? I mean, seriously, you've got all of this, you know, there's wrath being poured out on earth, and of course it's only poured out on the wicked. It's not affected by the right, it does not affect the righteous. The Bible says, you know, a thousand shall fall at your right hand, ten thousand at your side, and no plague will come near your dwelling place. Um, And so uh, we have, you know, no, no plagues coming here. And, and, and so what then we've got to look at is, is, is like, okay, we're protected, but what is God actually accomplishing? If these people can't be saved, why persecute them? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. What, what does that actually achieve? Well, it's like this. When probation has closed, God has made a decision that only he can make. Because he can read a person's heart, he can read a person's mind. God knows when a person has reached that particular point where there is nothing more that he can do for them. And when the whole world reaches that point, there is when the world reaches a point where there is nobody left who is going to make a decision either for or against God, then there's no point in continuing the history of the planet. It's like, okay, bring it to an end, come back. It's over and done with. This thing is cooked. Now, that's right. But only God can make that decision, right? Because he can read a person's heart. 
you can't do that, I can't do that, you know, nobody else out there in the rest of the universe can do that. And so we have to all take God's decision by faith. Mm. But God never asks for blind faith. God always gives evidence for his faith. And so then what God does is he pours out plagues. And here's something interesting. Whenever bad things happen here on this earth, the churches fill up. That's true. You know, you look at uh, New Orleans as an, uh, as an example. I did literature evangelism there back in 1993. It was brutally tough city to do evangelism in. Some years later, after Hurricane Katrina went through, it was the number one place for evangelism, people giving their lives to God left, right, and center. Mm. And so here's what God does. God pours out plagues because always through history this has brought people to God, whether they are real conversions or not real conversions. And nobody responds. And what that does is it creates evidence that the universe can see that doesn't matter what God does, nobody is left here on this earth who is ever going to respond. In fact, it says right there um, in Revelation 16 and verse 9, men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God which had power over these plagues and they repented not to give him glory. That's the key right there. The purpose of the plagues is all about the great controversy and God not just being just, but being seen to be just. That's why the plagues come on this earth. That's why this happens. And that's why you need to have a time period in which it can take place after salvation has come, the opportunity for salvation has come to an end. And of course, you know, all we need to do is to give our lives to Jesus today. And if we do that, we are in good shape. Amen. Thank you for answering that one. Lyle, if you have a question, give us a call here at Faith FM. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. You can text us your questions, 0491-064-669. Or, of course, send us through any form of social media, and we will answer those questions live on air. Oh, 
You are listening to Francesca Battistelli here uh, with, if we're honest, on Faith FM. And we have somebody on the phone who's been patiently waiting on hold to have a crack at the quiz. Yes! Shannon, welcome to the show. Hey, Lyle. Hey, Mon. How's it going? Yeah, going fantastic. How's it going with you? Yeah, very good. So you, got- you have a quiz. You have a, uh, an answer for our quiz this morning, do you? Yes, I do. Who do you think it, it is? is? Sapphire. I guess you mean Sapphire, but yes, yes, it is Sapphire. Sapphire. Sapphira. Yeah. Sapphira. No, you both got it wrong. You both, you both mispronounced it. But we all know we're at the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we know what you're talking about. Good on you, Shane. You got the prize. Uh, we're right. going to send you a Soy and Eastham album. Congratulations on being the journey of the spirits. Hey, Shannon, Shannon. Have you got something that you are thankful for today? Um, today? Yeah. Um, so we Mm, he's Being thinking. able to be away, and I read through time a bit of Bizarre of Ages, um, Good going book. through um, the last bit where um, one of the disciples is hearing Jesus answer him, and he's, um, Jesus says, "Because you saw, me, um, because you, um, because the faith." Um, because I said unto thee, I saw thee under a fig tree, you believe. And, um, yeah, so that was really good to hear. Yeah, fantastic, Shannon. I really appreciate that, mate. Thank you so much for sharing. That's a great book there on Desire of Ages, and thank you for coming on the show and joining us. So that was Shannon, and uh, we need to move on with the show. Yes, we We have have one more giveaway today. So this one you don't have to answer any questions for. You can just give us a call now, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Sounds like Shannon had a bunch of friends in the background. Yeah, it was a good time celebrating their win. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Be the first person now, and we will send you a Melissa Otto album. Uh, Probably her most popular one, The Journey of the Spirit. It's a great music album. We'll send that one, that one to you free of charge. And yes, the rock was a sapphire, and that's the kind of uh, rock I wouldn't mind having. And it was sapphira. Yeah, sapphira. Yes. Yes. Whether it's the Greek or the Hebrew way of saying sapphire, I think I would go with Greek. I don't know, but Princess Diana's engagement ring was a sapphire. Well, there you go. Not that I would. I, I'm not a huge jewelry person, but if someone gave me a sapphire, I'd flip that thing on eBay so far, <laughs> and I'd be buying tickets to like Antarctica <laughs> to see me some sapphire-coloured icebergs before they all melt. <laughs> That's what I meant. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, tomorrow we'll be back. Don't send mine a sapphire. (laughs) She's just going to eBay it. We'll be back tomorrow with more giveaways and great show. Of course, congratulations again to Mary Hornby for winning the wonderful scarf that we made live on air. Uh, We'll be sending that to you shortly. And Shannon for winning the quiz. Yeah, Shannon for winning the quiz. Anyway, have a wonderful, blessed day. Take care. Beside me while I weep I'm crying to you on bended knee I know you are there though far you see So I'm clinging to you, hold on to me Learning to trust more in you, Lord As I search for you Oh
me up with your endless love This world is so dark, only you You say 